journey. Two episodes a month will have an additional interview with a well-known author and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans 828 stories from our She Writes for Him boot camp graduates and others the Lord brings my way. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am here today with a new author friend of mine, New Hope Publishers author and Bible study teacher and advocate, Kathy Howard is going to help us kickstart our time together today. The second half of the episode, you'll meet Redemption Press author and magazine publisher, Melanie Scholl. But before I share my conversation with Kathy, let me give her a proper introduction so you know who we're talking to today. A former cultural Christian, Kathy Howard now has a passion for God's word that's contagious. With more than 30 years of experience, Kathy has taught in dozens of states internationally and in a wide range of venues, including multi-church conferences and large online events. She has an MRE from the Canadian Southern Baptist Seminary. She's the author of eight books, including Lavish Grace, and writes for multiple online magazines and devotional sites. Kathy and her husband live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area near family, they have three married children, five grandchildren, and two accidental dogs. Kathy provides free discipleship resources and blogs regularly at kathyhoward.org. She also connects with women on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. She calls herself a former cultural Christian because she was raised in the church but wasn't born again until she was a young mom. Her first career was in advertising, but then God called her to seminary at the age of 40. Since they were living in Alberta at the time for her husband's job, she earned her master's in Christian education from the Canadian Southern Baptist Seminary near Calgary. Their family was super active when the kids were growing up. They camped, hiked, fished, and snow skied together. That provided the opportunity for several family adventures, like the time a bear tried to get inside their tent and when they got caught in a blizzard at the top of a ski hill. Between speaking, mission trips, and vacations, Kathy has traveled quite a bit. Her first mission trip took her to the USSR two weeks after the coup in 1991. In fact, they voted to dissolve the Soviet Union while she was there. A couple other interesting trivia facts. Kathy and her husband have been in an MTV video. She caught a shark while deep sea fishing and has had at least two near-death experiences. Wow, you're going to love this conversation. So let's play it back for you right now as the Bible teacher in Kathy unpacks Romans 8.28 for us. Well, Kathy, I am so excited to welcome you to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. Athena, thanks for having me. I am happy to be with you. 
Yes. Well, you know, before we jump into some great questions uh, that I think coming from your perspective as a Bible study teacher and prolific uh, Bible study uh, author, um, I want to just give our audience a chance to hear a little bit more about you and maybe just some insight on a Romans 828 story <laughs> from your own life. I can do that. I actually, probably one of my best Romans 828 stories kind of flows my whole married life. Um, my husband, Wayne, and I have been married 37 years next month. That's a long time. Um, and we have we have three children, but my husband, my husband worked for more than three decades for ConocoPhillips. And so if you if you know anything about the oil industry, a little bit like the military, they yep. move their employees around quite a bit. And for for me, I'm a girl that was born and raised in the same city, my parents had been born and raised in that same city. Um, moving around was a little different than what I was used to. And um, it seemed like we would just get starting to plant some roots in a place, just really feel like you've made friendships and built a life and got into ministry and it was time to go again. And now, looking back on that is 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 comforting and faith building for me because I can see I couldn't I couldn't always see it in the moment. I couldn't I couldn't see it on those days when Wayne would come home from work and said, well, <laughs> guess, <laughs> what? <laughs> guess what? We're moving where? Um, but looking back on it and looking back. It is so clear to me that God worked through my husband's job, through his employer to put us exactly where he wanted us to be for his specific purposes for us. Mm. And, and whether that was a need our child had, which we could see that too, you know, our, our kids needed to be a particular place for a particular need that they had. And of course, God wove that all together with. In, in fact, um, part of my own personal story, God wove together with my husband's job because I was, I was, when I was 40 years old, we were living in Canada and um, which was probably my favorite place we lived in all these moves, but we were living in uh, Alberta, Canada. And God called me to seminary and we have, we or of the Baptist persuasion. And the, the only Southern Baptist seminary was in this small town in Canada, was in this small town outside of Calgary where we live. And um, that called me to school and, and had not, he put us right there for Wayne's job. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been in his, in God's spot for that particular calling at that particular time. So um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just been dramatic how God used ConocoPhillips <laughs> to put us wow. where he wanted for what he wanted to do in our lives. I love that. And, you know, I mean, depending on kind of your temperament or, you know, a lot of factors that could have either been really hard for you to have <laughs> all those moves or right. You know, to let God 
sanctify you and purify you through that and show you that he really, there is a reason. Oh, absolutely. In fact, one, one move in particular, we had only been, um, in, in that particular place for two years. And Wayne felt strongly, he had an opportunity to move that we needed to do it for, for one of our kids because she had kind of gotten into a, the wrong crowd at school and was really struggling. And he had prayed about it and he felt strongly that we were supposed to take this move. And I had a kind of a mini meltdown. Mm. I did. I did not want to go. I was not ready to move again. And um, it was crazy because God had God spoke to me clearly after I spent some time crying and praying to God. He showed me clearly, you know, often he said, I I will give you guidance. But in this particular instance, I have given your husband clear guidance and I'm asking you to trust his relationship with me mm. and 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 not not fight this and and so i mean and again in hindsight looking back it was god's plan for us but uh sometimes we don't see it in the moment you know exactly and that is where boy we gotta we gotta know who he is and how and and how much he loves us in order to believe even when it doesn't look like it could possibly turn out good. Oh no, that's right. Because we don't see the whole picture no. and um, God has taught me over the years. In fact, he's had to reteach me multiple times over the years that just like in that instance where I had decided I didn't want to move and my emotions were running amok. They were crazy. And so our, our emotions scream so loud at us and, um, Sometimes that's all we can hear. And it's in those moments where God has taught me to say, no, wait a minute. I, I gave you your emotions and they're a gift, but <laughs> my truth is bigger than your emotions. And, and when your emotions are getting out of control, remember what you know to be true about me mm. and, and choose that, choose that truth over my, over your emotions. For instance, I, I've been in other situations uh, particularly with a with one of our kids where I thought God does not see this situation. God does not care about this situation. And God reminded me of the truth. Uh, you know, cast all our cares on him because he cares for you. God cares, God sees, and God is working in his time frame. And he's and it's not catching him by surprise. Right. And right. To, to remember that he's sovereign kind of helps us <laughs> get that perspective back. It does. In fact, I've, I've had to remind myself of that quite a bit in the last nine months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. That is true. Okay. So uh, I'm going to make a little to this a good transition into um, a, some questions I would love to ask you. And, and, you know, we started this uh, podcast with uh, Liz Curtis Higgs unpacking Romans 8.28 just mm -hmm. at the beginning of this podcast because Romans 8.28 is the theme of the All Things podcast. But I just love the idea of your expertise in teaching Bible study and just teaching women to engage in the word and 
understand the word, the truth of the word, not right. the pop scripture on Facebook that sounds right. like a word, but it's not. <laughs> um, so what are some of the ways you've seen God work through the circumstances in your life? Well, you know what? We already, you already answered that question. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to, well, gonna I, take I the, can give you another. Okay. Okay. So I let me, let me just another ask, example. Okay. Let me ask that question again then, and I'll okay. edit out that. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's transition into this question. Um, Kathy, what are some of the ways you've already told us? A few, but what are some of the other ways you've seen God work through circumstances in your life to bring about his purposes? Right. So one really big and personal example for me of Romans 8, 28 and 29, because we we can't forget the context of the verse. And I and I think that's huge um, in understanding what God's doing is when I was caring for aging parents. Um, my father-in-law actually lived with us for the last five years of his life. And um, it was not an easy time. And I know many of your listeners probably either have cared for an aging parent or will care for an aging parent. Um, it's, a, it's a divine honor and privilege to do it, but it is not easy. And I found it particularly since it was my father-in-law and not one of my own parents. Um, boy, God used the the my relationship with my father-in-law to really refine my character and faith. Mm -hmm. um, caring for somebody like that when when it's essentially all give and no giving back from that other person is, right. is hard. And it, um, it, so God, you, God, I'll just say it. God used it to reveal sin. I still had in my life. Yep. He, he used it to reveal my selfishness. He used it to reveal my impatience. He used it to reveal all kinds of junk I still had and still have. I'm not saying I don't have that anymore. Um, but this is this is a good example of Romans 8, 28 and 29, because we look at that and we say, ah, God's working all things for the good. That that's the phrase we see on T-shirts and, and coffee mugs. Um, but we don't read the rest of that <laughs> is is the fact that, yes, he's working all things for the good for his people, those that love him, who are who are living according to his purpose. And I love verse 29 where it says. For those he foreknew, he also pre predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the good God wants to work in me. Mm. And, and that was the good God wanted to work in me while I was caring for my father-in-law. Mm. He, he allowed me to be in that situation so that he could, he could use that like sandpaper mm. to rough off rub up all of that nastiness I have. I mean, I'll, I'll need a whole lot more situations like that to get rid of it. But he used that relationship with my father-in-law to do, to do quite a bit of spiritual refining in me. I look a little bit more like Jesus today because of that. Amen. And that, you know, that is, 
seems to be the way God works good is by allowing us to suffer so that yeah. all of that junk can be exposed right. and repent. And he, you know, he can conform us, conform us to the image of his son. And that's what he wants to do. Yes. We think, you know, okay, God's going to work good because he's going to make everything perfect or he's going <laughs> to turn things to be what I want them to be, or he's going to have me, you know, uh, win uh, the lottery. Well, like, <laughs> not if you don't, you don't buy tickets, you can't very well win. But, you know, I mean, people have these thoughts of what working good means. And you're probably, you probably got some things to tell us on that because it's not, it's not, everything's not always roses and happy. happy. not. It's not. In fact, I, I wrote a blog post one time and the title was what's the good of Romans 828? Um, because essentially that so many of us, when we put it on T-shirts and coffee mugs, that's what we're looking at. Oh, working all things for the good. That means God wants me to be healthy, happy, financially secure and um, never have a worry. And, and when we look at whole scripture, we see well jesus told us in this world you will have trouble <laughs> and, and right. james yeah james and paul and peter all agree all we got in i think it's romans 5 and in and in first peter and in james 2 all of them say talk about the trials that god's going to allow into our lives and how god wants to use us you know what athena i i wish that god had had planned some other way to refine us spiritually you know like we just go to sleep one night and wake up and we're conformed to the image of Christ. Oof, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the way, that's not the way it works. God in his wisdom knows what's best. And so he chooses to work through difficulties and trials. And, and, and here's one thing I've learned over the years. Um, it is because in fact, I'm re I've been reading Joel and Hosea recently. And one of the big things going on at that period of time with God's people was the affluence of, of the country at the time of Judah and Israel. And because of the affluence, they didn't feel their need for God. And, and that's what happens in our life too. When things are good, when we don't have any difficulty or trouble, it's so easy just to rely on ourselves. And and go through our day not even thinking about God or feeling our need for Him. Yeah. So when things are hard, we're forced to rely and depend on Him, and that's when He can work in our lives when we're leaning on Him. Amen. And that's you know that's where I don't know if it's just American Christianity or what that we or how the prosperity gospel as off base as it is, has like infiltrated mm -hmm. the church to think that, you know, if it's good, God's going to work good. That must mean it's going to be, make me happy and make me, you know, uh, healthy, wealthy and wise, like you right. said, you know, and it's not the way he does it. No. And, and though that kind of happiness is so, fleeting anyway I mean, you think about it you have a perfect day and what does it take to ruin it you know a broken nail <laughs> i mean it doesn't take much to ruin a perfect day um but as we as we grow in our relationship with god and we have um the comfort and the strength and the peace that comes from walking closely with him 
then we could have something majorly difficult come into our life and it won't shake us. Mm. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really, I mean, really think about this last nine months. I mean, it has been, I, I think it's given us an opportunity to see maybe the levels of unbelief and the wrong thinking that we've had. And, and, you know, if we embrace it and go, okay, Lord, I want to learn everything you can teach me from this crazy pandemic where, you know, life is no longer what we knew of, you know, it's just changed so much and there's been so much loss, but he, I mean, this is a great opportunity to let him refine us. It is. And honestly, I think the church in America, you know, needs some of this. I, it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like the American church is like, I don't know, we're couch potato Christians a little bit. Complacent. Because we've never been pressed. Mm -hmm. we, we've never, we've never had to make a stand. And um, it's, it's the testing of our faith. I, in fact, I have a, I have a saying um, and I teach on this a lot is that trials work our faith and trials prove our faith works. Mm. And so of course, what I mean by that is what we were just talking about in when difficulties come into our life, God uses those to work out our faith, you know, uh, strengthen it. And yep. then as we stand up in trials and people are watching us yes. and we stand up in it because we're clinging to God, that proves to others watching us that our faith in God does indeed work. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So in what ways do you think, um, and you probably being in that teaching role that you've done um, so, uh, you know, to the extent that you have, I, I you know, you must run into all the time people misunderstanding Romans eight twenty eight. You know, taking it out of context, all of that. What right. share with us how we do that? Right, and I, I think there's there's actually two big things in in there that that people misunderstand. And first of all, um, what is the good? What what does God mean when He says He's working all things out for good? What is that good? And we are we are just self-centered enough to think, oh, well, that good is um, that my life's going to be easy. It's going to be what I want it to look like. That's the good, right? It's it's good for me. Mm. Um, but God's good is, and we're thinking too small. That is small thinking because God's good is so much bigger. His good is what His divine will and purposes are and not just for our life but for for all of history for all of mankind mm -hmm. he he is orchestrating everything not just my life and the lives of those around me but he's orchestrating history he's right in the middle of this presidential election he's right in the middle of covid he's he's right in the middle of everything going on around the world and and weaving it together for his ultimate good, which is to bring all people that will receive Christ into the kingdom and, and bring history to its final end. And that's what he's doing. 
That's what he's doing. So, so we, instead of being, it, this is all about me that he's working good. We need to zoom out. Yes. Good way to say it. Change our perspective and see that there's a way bigger picture here where he's working good. It's not just our little happiness and contentment and comfort. Right. And, and we tend, cause we look at, we've got the physical things in the forefront of our mind and, and God's looking more at the spiritual. We're looking at the physical and the temporal, and he's looking at the spiritual and the eternal. Mm. Mm. So he's working for our spiritual good, not necessarily our physical good, though he cares about that greatly. He right. cares even more about our spiritual well-being. Mm. Amen. So in what ways do you, um, just in your ministry, help other women live out Romans 8, 28 and 29? Right. Well, first of all, is just teaching uh, some of the things we talked about. First of all, that that we need to stand on God's truth and not our emotions when our emotions are, are flaring up. And that is a that is a big thing. Mm. Um, I also teach quite often about the nature of trials and how God uses them, um, that that trials are actually a tool that God uses, but that he anything that comes into our life, God has allowed it. And I also always teach that every trial is an opportunity for God to bring himself glory and to do something big in our life that we wouldn't be able to see outside the trial. Mm -hmm. So, so every trial is an opportunity. Um, so those are, those are two big things. And also I, um, I also focus in my teaching on our spiritual growth, which goes hand in hand with what we've talked about. God uses trials to refine our faith. Um, and then Romans eight twenty nine, which is that part of God's good or his spiritual good for us is that we be conformed to the image of his son, which just means our, it's our spiritual refine, refinement, our, our um, character growth to look more and more like Jesus. So I, I help women be purposeful in their uh, discipleship, in following Jesus and cooperating with the Holy Spirit in their, in their spiritual growth. Mm. Good stuff. So your ministry motto is living an unshakable faith for life. Right. So tell us what that means as we're kind of starting to wrap up the show. Well, unshakable faith um, is what we've been talking about. It's no matter what comes into our life, because we are standing firm on the truths and promises of God, nothing's going to shake us. COVID's not going to shake us. Um Illness is not going to shake us. Uh, job loss is not going to shake us because we're clinging to God. Unshakable faith for life, which is the life God wants to give us, but also throughout our whole life, it's kind of got a double meaning that for life. Right. So, um, so now is your minute? Tell us your ministry name. Do you you have a ministry name? Um, That's your mostly just. Kathy Howard, the tagline is unshakable faith for life, but I don't, I don't have another ministry name. No. Okay. Okay. Good. So this has been so good. I, I would love as we are wrapping up for you to maybe just share a couple of tips or tools that would help those women who are listening just 
something that will help them remember that God really is continuing to work all things together for good, even when they can't see it. Right. Um, one of the big ways for me is to look at the the meta narrative of scripture, which is the big story of scripture. When you look from Genesis to Revelation, we see that God has been orchestrating all of history to bring about his purposes. If, if he can raise up and tear down nations, he can certainly carry out in my life what he wants to, what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's a good thing to remember because <laughs> we, you know, it's just back to that emotions thing. Well, what, would, what would you say is, what is your go-to, do you have a go-to scripture that helps you get your emotions in check? Um, a go-to scripture. You know, I, I love all of the book of Philippians. I've spent the last couple of years working on memorizing it. Mm. And um, so particularly, you know, in, in chapter four, where Paul tells us um, not to be anxious about anything, but, and, and I know this is a very well-loved passage, but, you know, in, in everything um, to pray and to, think about it goes on to talk about our thought life controlling our thought life mm. which is again that idea of choosing the truth of god over our emotions who are going to just run away with us so philippians 4 is a is a really awesome go-to passage for that wonderful and and you know it just hit me that you know the idea that we're supposed to take our thoughts captive and and we're supposed to do something about our thoughts and our thought life right because really it's that's where our i would think that's where emotion our emotions spring from is oh, thought life it absolutely it absolutely does and bible study is so key to that i love romans 12 1 and 2 um mm. because it tells us in order to be conform to the image of Christ, we need to renew our minds and our minds are renewed with God's truth. So as we stay in his word, he uses his truth to align our thinking with his. And, and as we think, so we'll feel, so we'll behave. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So um, if we have some ladies listening today that would like to connect with you online, um, social media, or on at your website, what's what's the best place for them to find you? So kathyhoward.org is my website. And um, on Facebook, I'd love to invite any women that are listening. I have a daily Bible reading group on Facebook called Reading the Bible Together. And we've got 1,300 women on there that read through Bible books together at a time. We're, we're going to be starting Hosea in just a few days. Nice. Wonderful. So and so they would just type in on Facebook, Reading the Bible Together, and they'd be yes. able to find that group. They would. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It has just been rich and just delightful to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a good time. Amen. Well, we are back for the second half of today's episode of the All Things Podcast. And before I share that conversation that I had with Melanie just a little bit ago, 
I would love to give a proper introduction so you know who we're talking to today and have a little bit of insight into her heart. For close to four decades, Melanie Shull has been proclaiming Christ to audiences through music, speaking, and writing. She is a natural motivator, encourager, and investigator. As founder and editor-in-chief for Living Real Magazine, Melanie's always searching for real stories that reveal what real faith in real life looks like. She's also the host of the Living Real podcast and founder of the Red Carpet Cafe, where she teaches the word, mentors, and disciples women. Melanie is the author of the Redemption Press title, Unlocked Hearts, Unleashed Joy, Forgiveness is the Key. She's also written Renew, Refresh, Refine, Your Heart, Soul, and Mind, which is a Bible study, and the Red Carpet Journal. She lives in the beautiful Palmetto State of South Carolina, along with her husband, Rick. They have two adult children, Turner and Madison. And Melanie admits to having a serious coffee cup fetish, being a football fanatic, a chocolate lover, and being obsessed with all things Christmas. She says, as long as I have access to fresh coffee and a bowl of peanut M&Ms, Jesus and I can tackle anything. And I believe that this woman is a go-getter. She is the energizer bunny. Here are just a few little known facts about her. She is adopted and also has an adopted sister named Michelle. The first time she sang in church was with a preschool choir and she wore footy pajamas. And someone later asked, who was that little girl singing her heart out up there? She played the piano for her first full worship service at age nine. And when she was in a singing group called Together for Him, which was Melanie and two other young moms, they had the privilege of singing the national anthem at an Atlanta Braves baseball game. So here we go with that conversation. You are going to love this author. All right. Well, I am so delighted to have Melanie Shaw here with me today. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us on the All Things Podcast today, Melanie. It's great to have you. Well, thanks, Athena. It's a real honor. You bet. Well, before we jump in and hear more about your ministry, because you got lots of stuff going on, not just a book. You got lots of stuff. Lots of um, stuff. I would love for our listeners to just hear a little more about you, just kind of whatever your favorite Romans 828 story would be that, or that, you know, does that be your favorite? It could just be one, you know, you're supposed to share. So, cause we all have lots of Romans 828 stories. Do we not? Yes, we do. And it, it's kind of hard to choose, but, um, my Romans 828 story that I like to share a lot actually um, flows out of my book as well. But forgiveness is something that God has really brought to the forefront of my mind over the last, um, I'd say, at least 10 years without me even knowing that he was guiding me through this journey to learn about what forgiveness is all about. So my Romans 828 story is... Um, First of all, I'm adopted 
And that has been one of the most fun stories to talk about um, when you are especially speaking of God and how we are his children and how we are adopted into his family. And so that has always been such a celebration um, in my family. And um, so I never, ever had a desire to actually meet my birth mom because I just felt like God had plucked me out of one place and put me in another and um, life was great. But it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I started feeling this nudge that I needed to make some contact with her. And so I you know, prayed about it and thought, well, maybe this will just add to my story. I can put more facts to the story when I'm telling about my adoption story. But anyway, um, it's hard to make this long story short, but I will really try. Um, so anyway, I sent off for my DSS papers to find out a little bit more pieces of the puzzle. And the DSS story, um, basically, when you get your papers back, they're redacted. So there's black marks all the way through it. and You can't read a lot of information. So I thought, okay, well, we'll see if we can pull some pieces together. Well, the day I got it, I pulled it out, saw the black marks, and then it was as if God just took his holy light and shone it on the papers. And I could read every single thing underneath every single black mark. Wow. And that was when I thought, okay, God, you had me do this for a reason. Um, I might not be, you know, really wanting to pursue this, but you are pushing me to pursue it. And the bottom line was my birth mom had never forgiven herself for giving me away. And so pursuing that gave me an opportunity to meet her in person. And she asked me to forgive her. And although I had no ill feelings towards her at all, um, I believe God needed me to be the one to come and help her release herself from that guilt and that shame and that pain that she had lived with for all 43 years of my life. So then I found out today that she just passed away. Hmm. So um, I keep up with some of the siblings and um, she's been sick for a few years. We didn't know we didn't have a real you know, relationship after that. Um, I just felt like that wasn't necessary. But um, so anyway, I thought, well, how timely is that? I get to tell my Romans 828 story on the, the day that I find out that she passes away as well. And God used that um, strange orchestration of events to show me that he has purpose in everything in our lives and he works it all for good for those who love the Lord and praise God she loved the Lord and that was one of the first questions she asked me when she talked to me on the phone um the first time I, I ever spoke to her she said are you a Christian and are you happy so that just made me you know just God kept affirming that those steps all the way through so that's that's a piece of my Romans 828 story Wow, that's powerful. So, okay, so we're going to just jump in. And so let's start with your magazine. Where did the idea for Living Real Magazine come from? The idea, and I don't want this to sound cheesy, but it literally came from the Lord. Um, I was singing in a singing group and we were ministering and I was sharing my story and all of that kind of good stuff. And um, I, I started feeling this 
bubbling up of desire to write. Um, and I'd never really had that before and I didn't know what to do with it. So I had a friend that said, you need to go to this particular writer's conference, go by yourself and just you and the Holy Spirit spend time together try to figure it out, listen to his voice and see what he has for you. So I attended um, one in Charlotte and um, I was going through the whole weekend, having a really good time. And um, but I didn't I didn't have any direction until the last day as I was packing up my envoy to drive home. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was right beside me. And he said, you're going to start a magazine and you're going to call it Living Real, Real people, real faith, real life, scared the bejeebers out of me because I have no idea what publishing was all about. I had, I had barely even written one article that I had taken with me to that conference. So I knew that the Lord was just getting ready to um, do something big and I just need to hang on to his coattails and go. And so today we um, are celebrating 12 years of publishing and God has taken it beyond any imagination that I could have ever dreamed. And, and I know it was a result of actually praying for him to expand my borders in ministry and to give me more people to impact with my story. And that's how he opened the door. So wow. I give that praise for the whole thing. And does it come out monthly or quarterly or? No, praise God. We only do it twice a year because it oh. is quite an, an endeavor. It's very costly. Um, but that's another thing. God has never um, had me pull anything out of my own pocket. He has paid for it all through every sponsor. And most of our sponsors have been with me for over 10 years. Wow. Yes. That is just so cool. So, okay. Now, um, something more recent that has come into play has been the Living Real podcast. Tell us how that came about. Well, we celebrated our 10th year um, in 2019, the fall of 2019. And then we decided that as a gift for our readers, we wanted to give them something new, something that would um, impact them more often than just the two issues during the year. And so we came up with the podcast idea. And after going to speak up and just really not sure what the Lord was going to show me that particular week. Um, that was what he said. We're going to do the podcast. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to do that. So we started that in January and God again opened doors, um, helped me learn how to, how to do it. And we we're just doing one a month. And so in fact, our next one will air um, Saturday because we do it on the 10th of every month to celebrate our 10th anniversary. Wow. I yeah. love that. And do you, um, is it, are you interviewing um, people on there uh, that you've also highlighted in the magazine or, or people that you haven't had in the magazine? Actually, so far it's been somebody from the magazine who has either shared their story, has a ministry that they want to, um, we, we want to talk about. Um, and it's just, again, raw conversations that are out loud instead of reading it on the page. So that's kind of what we um, started out as. And I absolutely love doing the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine that because you're, you're a great communicator. And it's 
fun to do. I mean, it's just having a conversation. So it's it actually is. fun to do. And they're raw and real. We don't even stop and edit. You get the whole thing. It's fun. It's fun. So in your bio, you also mentioned that you're the founder of the Red Carpet Cafe. So Mm -hmm. tell us what that is. Well, the Red Carpet Cafe actually developed out of our in-home discipleship. My husband discipled on Tuesday night, and I usually do either Monday or Thursday night. So we say our front door is revolving as the guys go out, the girls come in, the girls go out, the guys come in, and it's just a lot of fun. But we have red carpet in our den. So we've always said what stays on the carpet, what's set on the carpet stays on the carpet. And so out of that, I developed a red carpet journal. And then from that, I just said, well, let's call this the Red Carpet Cafe, since we also eat and fellowship together as we study the Word of God. But it is not an actual cafe that you drive up to and go order food. So it's wherever we land to have discipleship. Most of the time it's in our house. But like this last study of Hebrews we did, I had over 40 women sign up. So I don't host them in my home. We did it on our church um, campus. And we set that up and made it look like a coffee cafe shop. So that's what is it's a lot of fun, too. With but the red carpet sounds to me like you're feasting on the word. Oh, yes. And that's my favorite thing to do. Yep. Nice. <laughs> love digging in. Nice. So why do you feel so strongly about discipleship and teaching the word of God to women? I feel that, um, number one, it's because someone poured into me and poured into my husband um, in a very unique ways. And I think that catapulted my desire to know more about God's word And then it also pushed me into learning how to teach, um, how to um, love on people and disciple, pouring yourself into someone else, just like Jesus poured himself into the the disciples. And he tells us to do the same thing, to keep multiplying, to keep going. So um, I think that was the beginning. And then we are in such a biblical, illiterate society People just don't know the word. Like um, when you think you live in the Bible Belt, then everybody should know what the word says or at least about it. We're finding more and more that people do not know the word. They don't know how to connect the dots between the Old Testament, the New Testament. And they don't read God's word as one story, as God's um, starting his redemption story and how it ends and how we fit into that purpose. And so that's my my passion is teaching the word of God to people and engaging in the in their lives. Mm, I love that. So your published book that Redemption Press published, Unlocked yes. Hearts, Yay, Unleash Joy, Forgiveness is the Key, was written as a Bible study slash memoir. Yes. So tell us a little bit about it and why you wrote it. Well, I think that when that, as we talked about earlier about my writing desire starting to bubble, I think God, of course, knew all along that this was the story I needed to write, but I could not write it at a particular time. It had to be at the time that I did in 2018, 2019, and I had to meet my birth mom before the story would come full circle and I could write it all. Mm. So in my... In my story, there's an event in my own life at the age of 12 
when I was molested by a man in our church. And um, as a musician, this person was also a musician and it just, um, it, it wreaked havoc on me, but I didn't realize that until after my first child was born and it surfaced through postpartum depression. And I have learned um, through reading other people's stories that sometimes if you've suppressed something, an event in your life, that it can um, present itself during another traumatic experience in your life. So after my son was born, I was experiencing that and I began to have nightmares. And that person had also moved back to our town. And I was, Satan just decided to, to put fear in my heart and put fear in my mind. And through a nightmare, I was scared to death. Every night I'd wake up thinking he was going to be at my door. Um, he was going to take my child away. There were all kinds of things that he was playing in my mind. And so from that point, that was where God started dealing with my own heart, where I had harbored anger forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, and hate towards a person. And I had to learn how to forgive that person. And through that um, lesson of forgiveness, that's how I went through more learning the holy art of forgiveness is what I call it in the book. It's something that you have to practice over and over and over again. And then that's when God took me to my birth mom later on so that I could help her forgive herself. So it's my story woven in and out of God's story and characters in that um, pers perspective. And um, I just hope that it helps someone else who has any type of an, un a bitter heart towards someone who's hurt them or wounded them. And, and the one thing that I find um, probably the one way, the strategy that the enemy keeps those of us who have gone through those kinds of being sinned against mm -hmm. and the fallout, I guess, from that, um, he kind of tries to get us to think that if we forgive, that means we have to be in relationship with them and we have to invite them back into our lives to abuse us even more, which is not yeah. the case. That's forgiveness is not trust. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think God helps us set, set boundaries to protect our hearts and to protect us from being um, harmed again. And it keeps you healthy because if it keeps happening over and over again, then all of that anger comes back, that hate comes back, all of that stuff. But when you truly forgive someone, and I think that was God's way of showing me what he had done for me, mm -hmm. that he had forgiven me of everything that I could have ever thought of, ever done, every sin in my life, um, past, present, and future. And when you get a glimpse of God's forgiveness towards you, you can't help but forgive other people because you begin to see them as Christ sees them. Mm, amen. Amen. Yep. Boy, it sure changes your compassion level for others that it does. are hard, even the ones that are hard to love. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So in closing, I would love for you to share a couple tips or tools that would really help those who are listening um, 
you know, hold on to the truth of Romans 8, 28, that even when we can't see it, God is working all things together for good. Exactly. Well, I actually um, had sent, I think we sent a blog in to you and I, I put some points in that particular blog post that I think when we have a grace filled conversation with people who are struggling to understand how a good God can let bad things happen, that we have to, first of all, understand that we have to be honest with that person and that that verse is talking about for those people who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good because yep. it is so obvious with other scriptures that point out that it's not working out so good for those who don't love the Lord and who refuse to believe his truth and who do not accept him. So Amen. with, with a straight face, we cannot tell every person we come in contact with that, Oh, don't worry about it. God's going to work that out for good because nope. we, we are misquoting scripture and we are giving them a false hope. So with that being said, the first thing I think we have to know deep in our heart and understand about God's character is that he is good. Mm. His essence is good. Romans, I mean, not Romans, Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he is. He truly, truly is. Um, the second thing is that God is just. He says what he means and he means what he says. So we also have to know that part of his character because some things are not going to work out for good if you're not um, loving him, um, have received him and so forth. So um, this scripture really brought this home to me and I hope I have time to, to share it real quick. Yes. It is 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 10. It says all of this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. People don't want to talk about that piece of the story sometimes, but that balances God's character. Um, the third thing is that God is love. He's perfect in every way. John 3.16 is the one verse that everybody pretty much knows, but God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And then um, number four, God is long suffering. Mm -hmm. um, what happens to us sometimes may not look like, may look like God doesn't care, but it's absolutely not true. It's because he's extremely patient. He's full of kindness. He's full of compassion. And if there's any chance that someone is going to receive him, he does not want that person to perish. And it may look like we're getting the raw end, but that's not true. God will repay 
um, those who have done evil. And that's why he says, revenge is mine, says the Lord. So I think with those four things, um, those would be my points to really dig into and to understand God's character when you are trying to understand Romans 8, 28, because it is a beautiful verse. It is a powerful verse. And we can hold on to that hope that he is working everything out, no matter how ugly it might look at the moment. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, uh, Melanie, if we have some women listening today and they're like, I really want to connect with her. I maybe want to see about getting a copy of the magazine or, or your book. Where is the best place for them to connect with you online or social media? Okay. The easiest place is to go to the living real, well, it's livingrealmag.com website. You can contact me there through email. Um, if you want to purchase the book, you can also purchase it through that website. We have a, um, a shop tab or it's, yeah, I think it says shop in the, in the, um, in the little tabs at the top. And then um, the magazine itself, you can purchase. If you don't live in our area, you can purchase any volume for $5 um, back volumes. And I think the current one is for $7. Um, and then my book is also available on amazon.com as well as redemption press website. So um, I would love to connect with anyone who would be interested in either hearing my story or telling me theirs. As I said, I'm an investigator and I love to tell other people's stories. So you mm -hmm. might have a story we could share in Living Real Magazine as well. Wow. So are is there any place on social media that you're active where if they wanted oh. to connect with you there would be good? Yes, sure. You can do uh, Living Real at Living Real Mag is our Facebook page. Um, I have uh, at Writer Melanie Scholl. Um, is my author Facebook page. And then just me, Melanie Shaw at Melanie Shaw. I have my personal Facebook page as well. Perfect. Well, it has been just delightful to have you and on, on Instagram. With oh, okay. So I, were you, did you want to say something else about Facebook or? I just added my Instagram. I'm on there for living real as well as author as well. So you can connect with me there. Perfect. Well, it has just been a delight to have you on today. I um, will never forget when we first met and I got that baseball from you or I, or I signed it for you. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, I loved that. Yep. That it is, it's just been fun to watch you grow and watch you just do follow God and obey with the messages that he gives you. So um, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been a joy. Thank you, Athena. It is my pleasure to be able to proclaim Christ wherever I can. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to recommend the Redeemed and Restored podcast that I host over on my YouTube channel on video and on audio as well. Check out AthenaDeanHoltz.com for details. So thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week as we continue to spotlight our Romans 828 God 
who really does work all things together for good. Bye for now.